Chapter 2 The SUV trundled roughly over the snow-covered gravel road that snaked up the steep Colorado mountainside in long, sinuous switchbacks, cocooned by towering pines on either side. The heavy vehicle kicked up gravel and snow as it took the sharp corners and fishtailed over patches of ice. More than once, two tires slid off the edge of the road, and Nick had to downshift and gun the engine to propel the truck back onto solid ground. The tires crunched and groaned through the thick snow cover, which gave way only reluctantly in a spray of glittering white. On they went, climbing higher, delving into thicker trees and thinner air, as the view of the valley below became more and more breathtaking. Having grown up on the East Coast, Alex had never truly appreciated what rugged beauty was until she'd seen Colorado. So stark and cold and crisply beautiful at the same time, the air smelt different out here, like pine and evergreen and a hint of cedar. She swore she could smell the cold, crisp streams and the very rocks themselves, too. Unfamiliar but welcome scents that mingled into something almost indescribably western and remote. She glanced down at her map, mostly to give her hands something to do. As the truck climbed higher, as they left the town of Silverbirch further and further below, she felt increasingly nervous. She pushed the anxiety away and glanced over at Eric sitting next to her in the back seat, staring gloomily out the window in utter silence. He might as well have been on another planet, she thought, another twinge of anxiety pinching at her. He hadn't so much as turned his head her way since they'd left the Denver airport almost two full hours now. He may not have been aware of her, but she was most certainly aware of him. For a moment, she regretted not riding shotgun next to Nick, but one glance at Eric's long, muscled leg stretching forward languidly as he slumped beside her, one glimpse of his strong, masculine profile, and she quickly rejected that notion. Even slouched lazily against the seat, even brooding out the window, he exuded such a raw masculinity, such a powerful virility, that it was all she could do to keep her breathing in check. He was simply the sexiest man she had ever laid eyes on, or laid any other sense on, for that matter. He smelled wonderful, like a mixture of soap and some sort of spicy masculine scent and aftershave or something practical. He sounded wonderful, with a low, mellow, almost husky voice that nevertheless slipped over her like honey and made her weak in the knees. He made everything sound like a murmur, like something a lover would say in a quiet moment, even when he was all business or just shooting the breeze. And with just the merest hint of his native Swedish accent coloring his voice, he was all but irresistible. She also knew he felt wonderful. He'd let her touch him, occasionally, if he'd sustained an injury that he couldn't hide or see to himself. He felt strong and supple, his skin soft beneath her hands, even as his muscles bunched and the sinews of his arms tensed at her touch. She had never felt that particular combination in a man before. Strength mixed with softness, muscles mixed with smooth skin. Despite his developed abdominal muscles, there was a little soft spot on his lower belly, a spot that had evoked a burst of unexpected laughter from him one day when she'd inadvertently brushed it with her hands. He was ticklish. 
This incredible human machine, this man with the washboard stomach, with three times the muscular strength of a normal man, was actually ticklish. It had melted her heart to see him laugh and shy away like a kid, like a playful lover. And it had broken her heart to see the flush of humiliation that had come over him as he'd quickly dressed and left her office, avoiding her completely for the next three days. She had so wanted to touch him again after that, just to enjoy how good it felt, just to make him feel a tender sensation for once. Now, as she sat next to him, reveling in what a pleasure he was for the senses, she found herself wondering, shamelessly, wantonly wondering, if he'd excel in the last of the five senses as well. Taste. She glanced over at him, just as he turned his head towards her, and for a brief moment she was filled with the insane fear that he'd been reading her mind. But he just slid her a frosty look and returned his gaze to the window. He had made it clear he didn't want her here. She had heard him arguing with Nick last night, insisting that he be told what the op was and why she had to come along. Hanging in the air had been the unspoken reason for his not wanting her along. She'd almost been killed in Mexico City, after all, and he believed it was his fault. She couldn't blame him for not wanting to go through something like that again, feeling responsible for a civilian doctor with no skills, no training, and who had amply proven she had no business tagging along. He hadn't even hinted at the other reason, the more personal reason, that he didn't want her along. But she could feel it, radiating from him with a violent, restrained kind of energy, as he brooded next to her. He was like a coiled spring, tension emanating from him in almost palpable waves. If she touched him right now, he'd likely hit the roof of the truck and probably lash out at her without even thinking. The SUV finally crested one last daunting hill and emerged onto a plateau carved into the side of the mountain. At the end of a long, groomed driveway, a two-story white pine log cabin gleamed in the mid-morning sun, its bright facade shining like a beacon in the midst of the wilderness. Nestled snugly up against a gentle slope, it looked warm and inviting, a touch of civilization and comfort amongst the cold, savage beauty of the wilderness around it. A large porch encircled the cabin, and a cheerful Colorado state flag flapped lazily in the breeze. Home. For the next seven days, Alex thought, with a twinge of uncertainty and excitement, this would be home. Nick pulled the SUV to a stop and threw the engine into park, sighing with undisguised relief at having made it up such a treacherous climb. He glanced over his shoulder at Alex and smiled, his dark eyes darting subtly in Eric's direction, and one black eyebrow arching slightly. That eyebrow said it all. You still want to spend a week with Mr. Conversation here? Better you than me. She couldn't help but return his mischievous smile. As tall as Eric, built like a tank and with kick-ass in his very DNA, Nick could nevertheless be charming when he wanted to be, something Eric couldn't do if his life depended on it. She wrinkled her nose at him and got out of the car. Eric was up and out as soon as the car stopped, grabbing his olive green duffel bag from the back and slinging it over his shoulder. He stood squinting up at the cabin, and raised his hand to his eyes to shield them from the sun. He didn't look happy. But then again, he never looked happy. She watched him from across the roof of the SUV as he took in everything. His eyes roamed over every inch of the building, 
and he turned slowly to survey the surroundings, such as they were. There was only one small outbuilding in the far distance, an oil tank affixed to the side of the cabin, and a lean-to with neat stacks of chopped wood close to it. Otherwise, there was nothing to reconnoiter, as Eric would put it, but trees, rocks, and a heavy blanket of snow. But he was checking them out just the same. He caught her eyes briefly when he glanced back, then looked down and slammed his door shut. He strode towards the cabin without so much as a word. Alex struggled to remove her suitcase from the back until Nick came around and helped her with it, lifting it out with ease and closing the hatch with a solid thunk. He paused and looked down at her, his breath pluming out of him in the frigid morning air. It was at least twenty degrees colder up here than it had been down in the village, and she shivered involuntarily, even in her thick winter coat. It's not too late, you know, Nick said quietly, catching her eyes. I haven't told him anything yet. We can always just head back. This is going to work, Nick, she said. You want him back, don't you? Back to the way he was? Is there any chance of making him better than he was? Nick asked, his lips curving into a wry smile. Could you whip up a personality for him, maybe? I'll do my best, she nudged him playfully. Now, let's get inside before we freeze. Warm, pine-scented air greeted them as they pushed open the matching red front doors and entered the cabin. It was a large, cozy space, with a central fireplace and a scattering of deep, cozy couches and chairs surrounding it. Towards the back was a small, bright kitchen, with a gleaming pine table reflecting the sun streaming in from the large windows above the sink. To the right of the front door, a set of stairs led up to the second story, where Nick had assured her two bedrooms and a bath overlooked the best view any cabin could ever boast. She didn't know how Nick had found this place, which billionaire it had belonged to, or why PGI was able to use it, but she had long ago stopped asking questions like that. Nick got things done, in as shadowy and secretive a way as he did everything else. She dropped her purse to the bench by the front door and breathed in the warmth of the place. It had been carefully decorated to be cozy and inviting, but not cluttered. Bookshelves with carefully arranged spines lined either side of the rock fireplace, and a large, intricately designed Cheyenne blanket stretched across the wall beside the kitchen. Small, rustic touches, a bird's nest, a collection of rocks, an old, rusted lantern, a watering can with peeling red paint, gave the place a feeling of having been lived in and loved by a naturalist, someone familiar with the land. She loved it immediately, and felt a surge of something like hope that maybe this week would work out all right after all. This was a peaceful place, a place of no noise, no distractions, no television, no radio, no internet. It was a place to relax and just be. It was exactly what she and Eric needed. Now all she had to do was convince him of that. Nick mounted the stairs with her suitcase and Eric trailed behind him while she peeled off her coat and scarf and hung them on the hooks, small, smoothly sanded tree branches that had been cut down to size. She rubbed her hands over her upper arms and wandered further into the room, glancing out the large windows that framed a long, carved oak dining table in an alcove over to the left, just off the kitchen. The view was spectacular. In the distance, the snow-capped peaks of neighboring mountains jutted into the clouds, their sharp gray summits slicing into the sky. Wisps of clouds clung in the frigid air, barely moving. 
the stillness and grandeur of this panorama, and how unchanged it had remained for a millennia, made her feel incredibly small, and yet somehow special, to be able to stand in comfort and warmth, and gaze out at nature's splendor like this. Then she heard noises overhead, the sound of heavy boots clomping around and the low, muted tones of the men talking. In a moment their voices grew louder, and they began descending the stairs, trotting down them gracefully until they both joined her in the living room. All right, Nick said, clapping his hands together and rubbing them. Let's get a fire going, maybe put some coffee on. Eric pursed his lips. He stood with his legs slightly apart and his arms folded over his chest, his eyes icy, even in the warm morning light. He had taken off his cold weather gear and now stood in just his black t-shirt and jeans, the clothing sculpting his body like he'd been born in them. He was edgy, irritated, impatient. He didn't like being here without knowing why, that much was clear. I'll get the coffee going, Alex offered, glad to be out from under Eric's penetrating gaze. She went to the kitchen and started the coffee, checking on the supplies Nick had promised would be in the fridge. Whomever he had hired to stock the kitchen had done a good job, with enough protein and healthy carbs to nourish even a man like Eric for a week. She listened for casual conversation from the living room, hoping that Nick would be able to ease Eric into this with some idle chit-chat. But she should have known better. Nothing about Eric was idle or casual, and chit-chat he didn't do. Same with Nick, she thought, but at least he had the ability to be personable if he needed to be. She came back into the living room with a tray of coffee and some sandwiches from the fridge, just as Nick stood up from the fire and surveyed his handiwork, a tidy little fire that promised to catch into something bigger. Thanks, Alex, this looks amazing, Nick said, his tone much more lighthearted than usual. She glanced up at him in alarm as she put the tray down on a side table, knowing he had made a mistake in acting so uncharacteristically amiable. Eric caught it immediately and narrowed his eyes. Want to tell me exactly what's going on? Eric asked in a low, calm voice. Now that you've dragged my ass all the way up here? Sit down, Nick gestured towards the sofa. I'll explain everything. I'll stand. What's the up? Nick sighed, casting a glance at Alex and then back at Eric. Have some food first. There's no hurry. In fact, why don't we all just take a load off and fuck the Martha Stewart act, Sullivan? What's the op? Okay, fine, Nick sighed. He leveled his gaze at Eric. You are. What? You're the op. What the fuck are you talking about? Eric's brow furrowed. His eyes darted over to Alex, but she could only look at him blankly and try to swallow the fear that was beginning to creep up her throat. You've been out of control lately, Nick said, crossing his arms over his chest. You've had a hair-trigger temper lately. You've been insubordinate, rude, violent even. You don't seem able to... Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Eric twisted away from them, dropping his hands in exasperation. This is a... a what, an intervention? If you want to think of it that way, then yes, Nick said, his casual tone replaced by his more familiar, icy one. I don't care what you call it. You're fucking up, Briggs. You're becoming a liability. Eric turned back to his commander and stared, his eyes glittering with barely contained rage. Alex watched his chest moving rapidly and knew that he was struggling to breathe normally, to contain his anger. How am I fucking up exactly? 
Eric demanded, his eyes pinning Nick. That last op was textbook and you know it. You killed the target. We were supposed to fucking kill him, Eric protested. Find the little girls he abducted, find the fucking pimp he was gonna sell them to, take both fuckers out, that was the job. With your bare hands, who gives a fuck? Eric's voice rose in pitch. A bullet, my hands, who cares? I care. We all care. That just isn't like you. Isn't like me? He shot back, disbelief dripping from his voice. His cheeks were flushed now. What the fuck are you talking about? If there's a way to kill a man that I don't know about, listen to yourself. Nick's voice rose above Eric's, his commanding presence filling the room. It was never about violence for you. It was never about killing. You were stone cold, a calculating, intelligent operative that I could always count on to figure out the best way to accomplish the task. Now, now you're a loose cannon. You're as likely to throw someone out of a helicopter as this is bullshit. Eric seethed and turned from them heading towards the stairs. Go fuck yourself, Sullivan. I want you to stay here with Alex, Nick called out to him. She says she can help you with some medication, some treatment. Eric paused on the stairs, his hand braced on the railing. He turned slowly and looked at Alex, fixing her with a gaze that she couldn't quite read. He was angry, she knew that, but when their eyes met, she saw something flicker there, something that came and went so quickly she could have been convinced it had never been there at all. So that's why you're here. His voice was almost toneless, but somehow that frightened her more than the rage did. He looked at her, fierceness blazing in his eyes, and she felt like she'd been punched in the stomach. He felt betrayed, she realized. That's what she saw, smoldering behind that fierce gaze of his. Betrayal. She summoned her courage and stepped forward. You've never let me really help you, she said, with as much gentleness as she dared, without sounding like the nice men in the little white coats. But I've been working on your case anyway, and I've made some breakthroughs. I think I can help you. He looked down and took a deep breath, as if not wanting to blast her with the full force of his fury. He looked back up. I don't need your help. I don't need anyone's help. Yes, you do. Nick said. Alex did her residency in a veteran's hospital. She can help you. Fuck that. He turned and began to climb the stairs again. I hate to give you an ultimatum, Nick called out to him again, but you leave me no choice. Either you stay here with her and let her help you, or... Eric stopped again, but this time he didn't turn to look at them. He stood still, staring ahead breathing low and fast as his hand gripped the rail beside him. Or what? he asked, the low rumble of his voice more terrifying than if he had yelled. Or you're off the team. I'm sorry, but you're a liability in your current state. The quietness that came over Eric then, the stillness that suddenly settled over his features as he turned slowly and stared at them, made the room suddenly seem ten degrees colder. Nick's words hung in the air, the finality of them, the import of them, echoing through Alex's mind with chilling clarity. Eric looked from Nick to Alex and back to Nick, before slowly, dangerously turning and walking purposefully down the stairs, watching him move, watching his slow, steady progression back towards them. Alex felt her stomach drop to her knees. 
A wave of fear washed over her, as she realized, probably too late, just how dangerous this man was. It was why they were here, after all. Because he was too dangerous now, too unpredictable. Jesus, why had she done this? Why hadn't she given this more consideration? Eric was one of the most dangerous, most lethal men on the planet, and he was an emotional time bomb. She had to think, she told herself. She had to quell her fear and remember that he was a good man, that he wanted to be good, wanted to be heroic and noble. He just needed to fight his demons, fight the chemicals that raged inside him and made him forget who he was and who he wanted to be. The man she knew he could so easily be again. He moved towards Nick and rounded the couch to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. They were about the same height, these two giant men, but even if they had started out life with a similar genetic makeup, Eric was now easily the stronger of the two. The glare he leveled at Nick was cold and terrifying, and Alex sensed a quickening of the air around them, like an electric charge arcing between them. They were going to come to blows, she thought in a panic. Eric, she whispered, her voice failing her. She stepped forward and touched his arm. Please don't. He started, and his eyes flew to hers. His eyes were large and round, his pupils almost engulfing his irises. He looked at her, a wildness in his eyes she'd never seen. He looked down at her hand on his arm, and she moved it. I'm sorry, she said quietly. This was my idea. Don't blame Nick. Your idea? It was your idea to fire me? He asked, his eyebrows lifting. Really? Well, I didn't think so. He turned back to Nick. That sounds like something only an asshole would do. Without thinking, she stepped forward again, wedging herself between Eric and Nick. Eric stepped back immediately, as if she were hot to the touch. I can reverse it, she said sharply, a little too loudly, trying to break the tension she could feel between the two men. It worked. Eric stepped back from her and away from the standoff with Nick and visibly relaxed. A little. Reverse what? Eric asked, his brow furrowing again. Everything that was done to you, I can reverse it. I can make you normal again. He frowned at her, but she thought she saw a hopeful kind of disbelief come over him as he took in her words. He looked over her head at Nick, and then back down into her eyes. His eyes were the most beautiful blue she had ever seen. Ice cold when he wanted them to be. Warm and soft, sometimes, especially when he looked at her. Right now they were somewhere in between. He gazed at her, assessing her his eyes darting over hers as if seeking the truth, trying to determine whether to believe her or not. Are you serious? He finally asked. Very, she said. You just haven't let me examine you or talk to you about it. I haven't had two minutes alone with you in more than a month. This was the only way I could think of to make you sit still long enough to let me do my work. He hesitated and then took a few steps back. He moved in a slow circle around the room, running his hands through his hair. He laced his large hands behind his head and let them rest against the nape of his neck as he blew out a heavy breath. Alex looked over at Nick, 
who was watching Eric move around the room, his cool, dark eyes prepared for anything. He flicked his glance over at Alex, and his eyebrows rose in mute question. Eric stopped and turned to face them again. He looked at Nick with that same flinty determination she'd seen so many times before, that quiet but almost deadly determination to just get through a mission, whatever it took. So I stay here with her, and we're good? He asked pointedly. It was a challenge, as if he were calling Nick's bluff. Nick lifted his shoulders, his head inclining slightly. That'll be up to the dock, ultimately, but if all goes well, yes. Eric's eyes found hers again, and he leveled that same gaze at her. And you really think you can undo what they did to me? Physically, yes, she said, swallowing. Of that, I'm certain. His gaze held hers for a moment longer, as if assessing, deciding. Then he looked at Nick. All right, then, Master Sergeant. He said the words with a kind of disdain she hadn't heard from him before. Nick had been his Master Sergeant when they were both in Special Forces, something neither of them spoke much about. Clearly, I have my orders. Nick locked his eyes on Eric's for a moment, his own kind of measurement taking place. Finally, he spoke, nodding slightly towards Alex. You do as she asks, understand? She'll be filing a report at the end of the week when I return to pick you up. Any bullshit and I'll know about it. Understood, top. Eric's eyes were stone cold. Cut the shit, Briggs, Nick warned. There's no rank between us anymore and you know it. He paused, sighed, and his posture loosened almost imperceptibly. Look, I'm your friend. I'm only doing what I think is best. For you and for PGI. Whatever you say. They locked eyes for a moment longer, the anger bristling in the air, threatening to ignite. The challenge was clear. The fight for dominance, the battle for control so evident in each man's posture that Alex was afraid they'd come to blows. But she had come so far, she couldn't let it fall apart now. She could hardly believe he had actually agreed to stay, and wasn't about to let bruised egos or some infantile pissing contest ruin all her plans. All right, enough with the posturing, boys, she said again, her voice a little stronger. Where she found the balls to talk to two ex-rangers like they were misbehaving ten-year-olds, she'd never know. This is my op now. Nick, get out of here. We'll see you in a week. Nick blinked at her. Eric blinked at her. Pissing contest? Over. I mean it. Go. She crossed her arms over her chest. We'll be fine. Nick sighed and cast Alex a last conspiratorial look of frustration before he headed towards the door. She followed him, steering clear of Eric as he moved silently out of their way. At the door, she put her hand on Nick's arm. Thank you, she whispered. I hope you know what you're doing. I do, she smiled wryly. Then, to calm the worried look that still lingered in his eyes, said, It'll be fine, I promise. Nick looked dubious, but she gently pushed him out the door. While he made his way to the SUV, she stood on the porch and wrapped her loose cardigan around herself as the crisp mountain air stung her nostrils and made her lungs seize in protest. He paused before getting in the car and hung his arm over the open driver's door. If you need help, we won't, she assured him. She felt like a babysitter seeing off nervous parents. Trust me. 
He sighed, got in and fired up the vehicle. With a final, stern look in her direction, he backed up and began his descent down the driveway, the tires crunching through the tracks in the snow. She watched until he crested the small grade at the end of the drive and slipped out of sight. She exhaled, slowly. Nick may have only been a hundred yards away at this point, but she suddenly felt completely, utterly alone. Anxiety clenched at her, but she tried to ignore it. Steadying herself, she turned around and went back into the cabin. <laughs>